0: I'd like to take a moment to thank my mom for listening to every episode. Now, my mom is the real reason you're listening to this show right now, but the sponsors have a little something to do with it as well. So I'd like to thank our sponsors too. Clio, Scorpion, TimeSolve, Alert Communications. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. ALERT uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how ALERT can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com LTN.
1: It's The Legal Toolkit with Jared Correa. With guest, Chelsea Aiken, a round of Kiwi colloquialisms, and then, which size of dog makes for the best attorney? We've studied this fundamental question for years, and the results will shock you. But first, your host, Jared Correa.
0: is the Legal Toolkit Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Jared Correa. Mike Richards is lawyering up, so he was unavailable. And uh, his last podcast was kind of inflammatory anyway. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys and bar associations. Find us online at www.redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software, Inc. We build chatbots so law firms can convert more leads and conversational document assembly tools so law firms can build documents faster and more accurately. You can find out more about Gideon at www.gideonlegal.com. Before we get to our interview today with Chelsea Aiken from VXT, I want to talk about law firm intake or or the lack thereof. Ah, law firm intake. Maybe I should call it outtake, as in take out the trash. Because most law firm intake is hot garbage. The hottest of garbage, in fact. Lawyers spend tons of money on generating leads. And even when they're not, they're expending lots of effort trying to build a network of referral sources. Yeah, you know how this goes. That will pass along leads to the law firm. Now, you'd think in that context, most law firms would work super hard fall all over themselves, really, to actually engage those leads when they get to the law firm website or pick up the phone and give the law firm a call. Only that's not at all what happens. One third of the time, law firms don't even answer when a legal consumer and potential client calls them. That'd be cool, I suppose, if law firms didn't also totally ignore voicemail to the tune of 64% of law firm voicemails being ignored. Oh, and it takes an average of eight emails to schedule an appointment with a law firm. Potential clients landing on a website are usually greeted by stark intake forms, and they fill them out for lack of any better options. What else are you going to do? And then what happens? Let's explore this. Uh, Well, as far as the legal consumer is concerned, um, absolutely nothing happens. When that intake information disappears into a black hole, You can just feel that closing opportunity spaghettifying in real time. I'm getting goosebumps, frankly. In case this is not immediately obvious, all of that is bad, like very bad, and not the Michael Jackson kind of bad. You may have noticed that there's still a pandemic on. I know I have, and that that has, among other things, massively accelerated the convenience economy. But you may ask, what is the convenience economy? That's a great question. Essentially, it means that modern businesses have to cater to the convenience of modern consumers. Let me give you some examples. That's why you stream movies and television shows online instead of actually going to the movies. That's why you order from DoorDash instead of driving two minutes to the local pizza place. So quick follow-up question. Does any of what I described as law firm intake processes above seem like they might be convenient for the legal consumer? Nope, that's right. Now, it may be convenient for the law firm, and that probably would have been able to work in 2015, but not now. So when all that shit happens, all that stuff that I described above, do you have an idea of what modern, impatient, potential legal clients do? Yes, that's right. They're going to start looking for another law firm. And immediately. I can tell you what they're not going to do. They're not going to be waiting for your ass to call them back next week. Seriously, you might as well take all that time, effort, and money you spend on marketing and set a torch to it. Or better yet, just set up a store on Etsy. Wait a second. Do people even use Etsy anymore? But lo, there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Lawyers, the latest of late adopters, are starting to come around. Over the course of the last year, more and more law firms are contacting me to talk about intake processes, intake workflows. It's great. And that's definitely a step up from suggesting that they have a sinking suspicion that they're not efficient, but they don't exactly know why. Spoiler alert, this is one of the reasons why. Now, the better news is that given the state of modern technology and the ability to automate more and more rote tasks, it's actually easier than ever for law firms to build and manage a client journey, which is what this is called, this intake process. Now, A complete intake pathway is going to involve a lot of components from qualification tools to e-signature tools to e-payments and additional features beyond that potentially. And legal consumers are going to want to know more about the legal process. They want to know that you have experience with their particular case type, that you can help them, and that you're authentic. And engaging legal consumers online as part of that process can include things like click-to-call functionality, mobile forward websites, landing pages, chat, scheduling tools, and more. Uh, how much more? Well, shit, I charge for consulting. I'm not going to tell you everything. Now, before we talk to our guest, Chelsea Aiken of VXT, about leveraging phone systems and also some New Zealand stuff, let's see what kind of stats Joshua Lennon has dialed up for you. Sorry, I think my voice just cracked Bobby Brady style. But I'm persevering. That's right. It's the Cleo Legal Trends Report Minute right now.
1: No, now. It's a fact, solo law firms stand to benefit from technology adoption 35% more than larger law firms. This is based on data that shows how key technology solutions for lawyers helped solo practitioners earn $50,000 more than other firms on a per lawyer basis. I'm Joshua Lennon, Lawyer in Residence at Clio. In today's world, technologies like online payments, client portals, and client intake software help lawyers deliver the types of online services that have become essential to legal practice. But while solo law firms tend to benefit the most, we've also seen that they've been slower to adopt these types of cloud technologies that today's clients look for. To learn more about the unique advantages that solo attorneys have over other law firms and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for solo law firms at clio.com forward slash solo. That's Clio spelled C L I O.
0: Since this is a special occasion, let's break out the Hanji and talk about phone systems. (laughs) My guest today is Chelsea Aiken, Chief Customer Officer at VXT. Chelsea, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So let's talk about this podcast that you're on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike some of my other guests who shall remain nameless, You've actually listened to this podcast before.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: do you think of our new format?
2: I love it. I think great. it's good. It's always surprising listening to a you know a legal podcast, and I love the games at the end.
0: Great. So you listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You still came on. That's yes. great. Last time I talked a little about C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. a 1950s author in the UK who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. I understand that you've been reading a lot during the pandemic.
2: Yes, So I have you got been. any
0: book recommendations for me?
2: Well, I think I'm a bit later to the game with this one, but I've just finished Educated by Tara Westover.
0: See, I don't even know what that is. So I'm even later to the game. So can you talk about the book and the author?
2: Yeah, of course. So Tara grew up in rural Idaho and it's really interesting. So she was from a very strict parenting background where they I don't know if extremist is the right word, but we're Mormon. You said
0: Idaho, right? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, now everyone from Idaho is going to hate me. Go on,
2: please. (laughs) Um, They had quite, um, you know, extremist views. They didn't believe in public schools, so she wasn't really educated at all while she was young and then ended up getting her PhD from Harvard. So it's just her journey through that. And she's, yeah, quite an incredible lady.
0: So that was your that was your best that was your best top book during pandemic reading season. Yeah, it was. It was still ongoing. Yeah, it was I was cool.
2: glued to it. Those yeah. I think I finished it in a day, so Wow. <laughs> I know. That's impressive. Thank you. I'm not normally that quick of a reader, but you know, there wasn't really much else to do.
0: So. Right. Tell me about it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about legal mm-hmm. technology. Phone systems.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Phone systems are kinda like the redheaded stepchild of technology <laughs> in some ways. I think people are just like, oh, the phone. Mm-hmm. The phone is like always here. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking on the phone. But I think the importance of phone systems has been really underscored during the pendency of this whole pandemic mm-hmm. that never seems to end. So I know that when I was talking to law firms and everybody was all of a sudden virtual, unplanned, people were like, wow. We can't answer the phones Mm -hmm. if we're not in the office. (laughs) And for some reason, nobody thought of this challenge before. But the number of law firms I noticed that were switching to more modern phone systems, VoIP phone systems, Mm -hmm. post-pandemic, has been a real upsurge. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that, because that's, I think, an important issue for attorneys. Like Modern phone systems for attorneys, the priority of VoIP, how you manage that in this setting which is not going away anytime soon.
2: Yeah, what you said is really interesting because that's exactly what we found as well. Before the pandemic, phone systems obviously weren't great and they had their challenges, but it was a kind of like, why fix what's not broken? There was kind of no reason to look into changing them. And I think the pandemic really did that. So VoIP has obviously been around for a while, but I think now that the internet's a lot better and more reliable, it's where it's really coming into fruition. So
0: Let me just stop you for a second. Just in case people who are listening don't know, can you explain what VoIP is? And then please continue on.
2: Sure. So VoIP means voice over IP. So it's essentially just calls that happen over the internet. So I always just equate them to, you know, a call over using Facebook Messenger.
0: Oh, there you go. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now go ahead. I stopped you in your train of thought there.
2: So in order to actually like build our product, we interviewed over a hundred lawyers. So that's where I got a lot of this information from. And it really was going into lockdown that made people more look into, you know, flexible systems and move away from just the hard phones. Because I think when everyone was in their home, exactly what you said, they were like, wow, you know, I can't call people. I can't receive my calls. So I actually think that was a big mover towards, you know, VoIP and soft
0: phones. Uh, Now, now that's an interesting thing, too. So let's talk a little bit about soft phones, right? Yeah. Because I'm not sure everybody knows what that means either. So hard phones Mm -hmm. are phones in an office setting, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like usually wired phones that sit on somebody's desk. Mm -hmm. Now, what's a soft phone?
2: So a soft phone is normally an app on your desktop or your mobile phone that you make calls through. Yeah, it's essentially like an app or it's just any type of product that can be used through a device instead of that hard disk phone that we're all used to.
0: So when I talk to people about this, I often say that like the biggest value of the cloud is, is device agnostic, Mm -hmm. which means that like you can use any kind of app on any kind of system that has a secure internet Mm -hmm. access portal. So, this is great for phones and I don't think people think of it often with phones. So this means you can make calls on your iPad. Mm -hmm. This means you can make calls from another phone using a different number from the app, right? Mm -hmm. This opens up a ton of possibilities for people.
2: Yeah, it does. And it's quite interesting because it's not something that's that new either. You know, like, like I mentioned before, Facebook messenger, like we've been making calls through apps for a while But I think the idea is we've all got it quite ingrained in our head that when we think phone and when we think calling, we see that hard telephone. So that's been quite interesting working with a lot of our customers about that is some people just find it really hard to change their line of thinking of to actually see a phone as, you know, something that sits on your laptop or, yeah, another app.
0: Mindset change for lawyers is so hard. And continues to be so let's let's flesh this out a little bit because i think this is really interesting and i think your company has pivoted a little bit too on Mm -hmm. this is the idea of a phone system is so much broader than it's ever been Mm -hmm. before so could you talk to me about like what a modern phone system means versus a traditional phone system Mm -hmm. and then what features should you be looking for in a modern phone system as a law firm
2: Mm. No, that's a good question. So traditional phone systems, I normally refer to them as anything that requires a hard phone. So when you have your telephone that sits on your desk and what we've all been used to, f- you know, for the last, well, for time really. And then a more modern... Oh, you
0: don't remember back to rotary dial phones, do you? <laughs> no. That, that was, that's an old school <laughs> phone system. I've actually used a rotary dial in my life. It took forever to dial anybody, (laughs) just back and forth, back and forth. (laughs)
2: Um, And then more modern phone systems are like we spoke about. So VoIP soft phones. And what that means is I think the biggest thing is it gives you flexibility. You know, you can log into your phone. So I think that's a big part of wherever you are, whatever device you have, as long as it's secure, you can log in to your phone and make calls. So that's one thing. And I think a really big thing that firms should be looking for in terms of modern phone systems, and it's the same as what you should be looking for in a lot of new tech, is integration. So, interoperability with all your software and tech that you're already using.
0: Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about that Mm because I think that's one of the biggest assets here. Mm -hmm. So, as soon as you have a cloud phone system, Mm -hmm. essentially, which is what this is, now you can connect to other cloud systems. Mm -hmm. So, how do you go about? educating attorneys on how and why they do that?
2: I think what came up a lot in the interviews we did, a huge pain point that we picked up was the lack of integrations with practice management systems. So it wasn't something that lawyers aren't aware of that that's a pain point already, you know, having to put your data and information around phone calls into your practice management system. But it's something that we found that lawyers didn't necessarily know that there's a solution for that through integrations. So, I think when we're demoing our product or when we're interviewing people and we're talking to people, actually showing them how that works you know, that this data, file notes, time recording, everything can be just automatically sent in to Clio, you know, your equivalent of a practice management system. So, I think that education actually comes around letting people know that there is actually a solution out there.
0: And so. When you think about all the different features that a law practice management software has and all the applications that a phone system could utilize in there you mentioned one time and billing
2: mm-hmm. right
0: so you can track the time of a phone call pop it into your time and billing system and begin to generate a line item, line item on an invoice right mm-hmm. you're talking about specific features like that so there's features you highlight for lawyers when you talk about how well a system like this could work
2: yeah definitely so one, what we call it is phone call admin. And that's what we found is extremely prevalent in the legal industry. And also in Wait, other, what do you call it? Like phone call admin. Um, phone
0: call admin. Yeah.
2: Okay. So basically we... I've just, actually
0: never heard that before.
2: Yeah, that's probably because we just kind of made it up. You invented
0: <laughs> it. Nice.
2: It's just to describe all those extra tasks that lawyers have to do around making a phone call. You know, if they have to take a file note, if they gave advice or you know, the contents of the conversation. Then like I said, a lot of lawyers then have to record their time. They have to log that the phone call happened. So it's all of that extra stuff. And with making phone calls, we're already capturing that data. So it's just a matter of through that integration, automatically sending it to practice management system. And from our side, it's not that hard to do, but it can save. So much time, because if you're spending, you know, five to 10 minutes per call of collecting all that phone call admin, you know, that can add up. And especially lawyers that bill, bill in their six minute increments, it really does matter.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think a lot of people think of phone calls, a lot of lawyers is mm-hmm. like a single instance.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: you're right, there's a ton of data tied to that. Exactly. And I'm sure you talk about this with a lot of firms as well, but like part of this is also the more data you collect. The more reporting you can do, the more mm. business intelligence you get, mm. the better business decisions you can make, right? And that, that can all spring from something as simple as a phone call, right?
2: Oh, definitely. And that's something we heard again from our customers a lot and have looked into launching. We actually just launched the MVP of it, but a data dashboard, you know, that collects all that data around phone calls, you know, how many missed calls, how long are people waiting on hold and all that information. And yeah, it's been quite awesome to see how well received that's been
0: yeah that's amazing i think phone systems are so important to lawyers and yet so overlooked and i think there's a lot of room in that space Mm -hmm. for attorneys to come in and uh and uh, access a lot of these features that's fantastic chelsea thank you so much that's chelsea aiken from vxt now don't fret because chelsea will be right back We'll take one final sponsor break so you can hear more about what our sponsors can do for your law practice. Then stay tuned for the rump roast. It's even more supple than the roast beast. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have. And Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. Welcome back, everybody. We're here again at the rear end of the legal toolkit, the rump roast. It's a grab bag of short-form topics, all of my choosing. This will be a fun one. This is like my favorite part of the show. So, Chelsea. I think everybody listening to the show can immediately tell you're from New Jersey, right?
2: Yes, New New Jersey.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I got that wrong. New Zealand, Yes, yes. Right, right. Sorry, I get mixed up sometimes.
2: That's completely Um, fine.
0: (laughs) Of course you're from New Zealand. Um, So I've always, we talked about this a little bit Mm -hmm. pre-show, I've always been interested in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I did my fifth grade geography report on New Zealand. I remember it well. Wow. Uh, my brother-in-law actually lives in New Zealand with mm-hmm. his wife, who's from New Zealand. And I also know that the Lord of the Rings was made <laughs> in New Zealand. Yes. Any other facts about New Zealand you'd like to share before I jump into this?
2: Well, one I thought you would be interested in is Narnia was actually filmed in parts of New Zealand.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I
2: thought I thought blown. you'd like that fact.
0: Yeah, that is a great way. You're bringing the heat, Chelsea. I appreciate it. I, one thing I don't consider myself on an, an expert in, though, is uh, Kiwi colloquialisms.
2: I had a feeling so this was coming, Jared.
0: I'm wondering <laughs> if you might be able to walk me through sure. some of these. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my brother-in-law, who's American, mm-hmm. and he's probably not listening to the show, but that's all right. I'll send him a link. Um And he uses all these New Zealand slang terms now. Mm -hmm. And he's got a little bit of that New Zealand accent. Mm -hmm. So I would like to lay out some terms here. And I'm wondering if you could elucidate and tell me what they mean to my American audience, mostly American (laughs) audience. Although I think we're like, I think we've got the number two political podcast in like Ghana. So I'm very proud of that. Even though we never talk about politics. (laughs) Yeah. Podcast stats are weird. Speaking Mm -hmm. of data. So- can you tell me what a dairy is?
2: A dairy. Um mm-hmm. it's like a little shop that sells just your necessities. So, bread, milk, lollies, ice cream.
0: Oh, yeah. lollies? Yes. Lollipops?
2: Yeah. we well, oh, just an
0: extra one. We got a bonus. It's great.
2: <laughs> just a range of lollies, really. It's um <laughs> yeah, it's just a kind of mini shop.
0: Okay. Uh, and it's called a dairy because you pick up milk there, right? As well?
2: I don't Is, know, but it makes sense.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I looked all this stuff up online, so mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong here. Mm. All right. I got some more for you. Okay. I, I, think, I think some people know this one, but okay. what does it mean to be knackered? Do I have that one right? Knackered. Am I saying that right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. It okay. means to be exhausted or tired.
0: Okay, so we're recording this on Friday Mm -hmm. afternoon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I'm a little bit knackered, Mm -hmm. but we're pushing through. (laughs) How was that? Nailed it. Okay. I found this one, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me if these are real or fake. Rattle your dags. Did I do that right?
2: Yes, you did. But I feel like... Is that
0: something that people in New Zealand actually say?
2: I feel like that could be a fake one. Dags. Oh. It sounds more like Australian.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Or I just
2: might not have heard of it.
0: Dags are like parts of a sheep's butt, right? Am I correct about that?
2: I don't know. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if it's to do with sheep, then it probably is a New Zealand saying. But, right. There's a lot of sheep in New Zealand.
0: Yeah. Right. So apparently, like, dags are part of a sheep's butt. (laughs) So it means, like, move faster. All right. Wow! Good. All right. So, so this is so now you're fact checking me, which is great. This is what I was <laughs> hoping would happen. I was hoping I'd get some bad ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, what would happen if I got lost in the Wop Wops? Did I do that one right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Tell me about this because I thought this was just splendid.
2: Wop Wops is like kind of middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. So, um, you know, being out in the outskirts. It could be a rural area, but it's just like lost in the wop-wops, lost in the middle of nowhere.
0: That's such a better way to say it. I'm actually <laughs> going to adopt that in my everyday life. <laughs> now, this this is actually one I've heard a lot. I got another one for you. Yeah, nah, right? Mm, yeah. This, this one I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And this, this basically means what?
2: Yeah, nah means no.
0: Which is weird, right? Because it starts off with yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm so confused.
2: It's normally used when you know, you could be kind of weighing it up in your mind. So you'd ask me to film this podcast and I was kind of not sure but wanted to in the end, I'd go, yeah, nah, yeah. And that would mean yes. But if I wasn't sure. Oh, wait. Oh. It's all what you finish it on. So if I was to say, yeah, nah, that would mean no. But you could do the, yeah, nah, yeah. And then that'd be yes.
0: Oh man, this is great. (laughs) I can really mess with my kids with this. Okay, I guess some ammo for the weekend. Mm -hmm. All right, I got a a few more for you because I find this to to be delightful. Okay, munted. Mm -hmm. What does munted mean?
2: Broken and damaged. So if you crash your car and it's really badly damaged, you could go, my car's munted. But also even more slang. Some people could mean it when they've been drinking quite a lot and they're quite drunk. They could go, I'm munted.
0: That one I might use. (laughs) I like that one a lot. I just like went out on Friday night and got totally munted.
2: Mm, Sounds good. That
0: sounds good. (laughs) All right, I got two more for Mm -hmm. you. These two I'd never heard of, actually, even knowing people from New Zealand. Jandals? This is a thing, apparently. Yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So what are jandals?
2: I think, do you call them flip-flops? Yes. Yeah. So so sandals. Yeah, jandals are sandals. Or flip flops.
0: <laughs> uh, this is, so where does that come, like why the J? Do you know why?
2: I have no idea, but it, this is. I was shocked. The reverse. I was shocked to hear. I think in Australia they call them thongs, and then in yes. the US it's more flip flops. And I was shocked to hear that. I've just you're always like what's known a flip flop? That's so weird. Yeah, I yeah. Guess, I guess it makes sense because you know the noise, but yeah. I
0: guess so. It's still kind of an odd word. <laughs> it is. That one I had never heard before. Mm. Never came across that at all. This one, this one was a new one for me also, mm. and this is gonna be my last one. Packing a sad.
2: <laughs> my mom loves this is, one.
0: <laughs> this is a true thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I only, I only one of them was made up. So thank you, internet. But go ahead, Chelsea. Packing a sad. What does that mean?
2: Would you know what it meant to like have a sulk?
0: Yeah. Having so, a tantrum. Exactly. Kind like spitting thing?
2: the dummy. So like, say if you were playing. Wait, splitting
0: the dummy. What spit, does that mean? Oh,
2: spitting the dummy. <laughs>
0: Spitting the dummy. I don't know that um, one either. Okay. It means
2: like, say, if you're playing like a board game and someone lost and yeah. they're being quite a sore loser and went off, you'd say they're packing a oh. sad.
0: Oh, okay, that's yeah. much. So, like, video game slang in the US, like mm-hmm. that would be like rage quitting.
2: Yeah, it's more like game. yeah, it's rage more like, quitting. I'm depressed
0: because I lost.
2: Yeah, you're more just like having you're sulking. Yeah,
0: this is one I want to use on a regular basis as well because I think this is great.
2: <laughs> I was raised on don't pack a sad, you know, as a kid when like you want to use that toy, but my sister got it, mom would be like, don't pack a sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is awesome. This was everything I hoped it would be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, so like, let me, let me just throw this out mm-hmm. there too. Are there any good ones I missed that you think people don't know in the U S oh. or in Ghana where they're listening for political news?
2: <laughs> oh, there, there will be a lot. Can I think of them at this moment? You've covered that, so the many. So you know name. what we're going
0: to do? I think we're going to have to do a follow-up episode okay. where we do etymology of New Zealand slang. Mm-hmm. So we'll get the words out there and then we'll figure out where they come from. Are you game for that?
2: I am game. I can even quiz you to see if you can guess the meaning.
0: Now, yes, we'll have to do that. That would be really <laughs> fun. Um, unfortunately, though, we've run out of time for today. Chelsea, thank you. You're amazing.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, my pleasure. This episode has been choice, I think. If you want to find out more about Chelsea Aiken and VXT, visit vxt.co.nz. Now, for those of you listening in Tamatawaka Tangi, Hangakoa Ua, Otamatitor, Ipu Kakapiki, Manga Haronu, Kupukai, Wenua, Kitan Tahu, New Zealand. How did I do? Did I pronounce that correctly? Longest place name in the world by the way. (laughs) Our Spotify playlist for this week's show features songs with long titles. I guess we've run out of time to tell you which type of dog makes the best attorney, but let me say that I was totally shocked when I found out the answer. Maybe we'll get to that next time. That'll do it for another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where I'm going to go hit the long drop. I'll be back next time.